A lot of effort has gone into hiding African Americans' contributions. It's easy to sell poor information and untrue history. Hmm. And that's about a lot of ethnic groups. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. We all know about Dred Scott and Maya Angelou and Chuck Berry. They were unquestionably extraordinary people, black Missouri residents who make the Show Me State proud. They are among the many lives featured in the new second edition of Extraordinary Black Missourians. It's an updated version of the book first published eight years ago by Reedy Press, and it contains much more than just the household names you know from your history books. In it, authors John A. Wright Sr., Sylvia A. Wright, and John A. Wright Jr. detail the stories of black Black people who did amazing things for our country, for our city, and for our culture. And all of them spent some time living in Missouri. And joining us today to talk about this book and its second edition are two of its authors. So John A. Wright Sr., welcome. Thank you. And John A. Wright Jr., uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, John Sr., I want to start with you. You wrote the first edition of this book, uh, which was published in 2013. Uh, What made you interested in a second edition? Well, the publisher asked us to do the second edition. That's what got me interested in doing the second edition, the publisher. Had they sold out of the first edition, or they, they felt that there were some updates? They um, felt there was a need, and it could, be, it, could be, it could have been updated. Yeah, a number of people had passed away, mm-hmm. and so we added some additional photographs to the book, and we added some additional individuals to the book. Give me an example of a person who made it into the second edition who wasn't in the first. Uh, Bishop uh, Toden, Toden, uh, Gordon Chambers. Uh, you had uh, Sylvia. Gwen Pagnett. Yeah, that's a good one there. Gwen Pagnett. Uh, Brittany Pagnett. I'm trying to think of the gentleman who's the uh, author. John, you may remember him. Um, I have to get the book in front of me. But we had nine people. Uh, we had um, Joseph Penny, who was uh, Penny Town for, founder of Penny Town in, in the Missouri. And that's another one we added in there. But we put nine additional people in the book. And these nine additional people, um, were these all people who came, became famous in the last eight years, or are some of them ones that maybe could no, have made the first been, edition? They were long gone. They had passed away. Like Sylvia Stark uh, left Missouri during slavery, and she ended up in Canada. She was a pioneer woman of the year in 2000, I think, 20. They named her 12. I think they named her Pioneer Woman of the Year, uh, but she had hey, made her reputation long before any of us were born. So Joseph Penny, who found Penny Town after uh, slavery. So these are people who've been around but haven't been recognized. Okay, so this was an attempt to bring new insight into these people. And and John Jr., I understand you joined in for this volume. What brought you on board? My mother was my dad's proofreader, and she was the one who would double-check to see what sounded well, what didn't, uh, what flowed, what kind of corrections needed to be made. And when she became ill, 
that kind of left an opening for me to come on in. And were you an enthusiastic participant in this, or did your father have to twist your arm a little bit? No, I did not have to have my arm twisted. I was an, an enthusiastic historian. I, I have a minor in history from the University of Missouri-St. Louis. So uh, I uh, uh, have always been interested. I always liked what they had to say. They always bring in new fun facts that uh, about people or things that I didn't know about. It, it's kind of, you know, it, it's gone a little bit beyond cool trivia So uh, 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 because I can see the impact. That it could, that and its potential. And uh, and I understand you and your father um, are both longtime educators. Is that a perspective that's important in understanding the way you approach this book? Oh, uh, very much so. Uh, very much so, uh, because often the the things that are, are that are written about or covered in the book become conversation pieces. Uh, we find uh, being a teacher. <laughs> Uh, uh, of, of the material that, that we cover. So uh, I think that it, it's often, it's a great experience. It's been a great experience. So, John Sr., you were used to having your wife be your proofreader. Was it hard to take corrections from your son? No. You don't marry your stuff, you know? <laughs> when you fall in love with it, you got to get divorced from some things when you notice you're on the wrong track. So I've always been open to making changes. That, that, I'm sure, makes it much easier to work with you. So, John Jr., I'm sure that was much appreciated. I'm also wondering, though, being in a different generation, did you bring a different perspective to this project and, and the lens uh, through which it looked at this history? I think that, for me, I was more inclined to defer. Uh, one, because we already had a, you know, a winning formula. <laughs> and you don't kind of... You don't kind of mess with what works. Uh, But I do think that that there are certain things uh, that I was able to take notice of to include, like if I thought that something might have been overlooked or uh, or, or maybe a, a slight addition. Uh, but the the basic formula has remained the same. Okay, so this is really your father's baby, as much as you've been excited to be a part of it and, and have um, been happy to make those contributions. Yes. So looking back on that first edition um, and everybody who's been included in edition number one, edition number two, John Jr., is there one that really stands out to you as this is this is one of the most extraordinary stories? There are a few uh, that, 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 I, that I really like. Uh, that were mainly tied to the uh, the first edition, but I love that they're stories that I I truly enjoyed and really wish they would have gotten a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this you know a, a number of people my age do not know about who Wendell Pruitt was or uh, what his contribution. And let's pause there because I do believe you're right about that. This that's somebody who's underappreciated. What is the story of Wendell Pruitt? Wendell Pruitt was a Tuskegee Airman who uh, came into prominence when he took out a German destroyer. Hmm. Uh, He was a St. Louisan. He went to uh, Sumner High School, went to Lincoln University and Jeff City, and then went on to uh, become a Tuskegee Airman. Hmm. Uh, 
it's funny because he was supposed to have stopped flying. He was he didn't die in combat. He died training an officer. I mean, training other officers, other pilots. Hmm. He had complained about you know, the treatment that had been given to the to the airmen and the the planes that they had been given to train others. In fact, I think his sister-in-law was recorded as saying that she thought they were he thought they were flying death traps, hmm. and and it led to uh, led to him. Uh, uh, being killed in an, an unfortunate accident, training another pilot. Boy, that is a sad story. And and I think part of what's sad about it is that so many of us, if we know that name today, it's in the context of pruitt Igo, which which was named after him. But, uh, you know, this life that he had was amazing and goes long be- beyond this controversial housing project that ended up kind of having a checkered yeah. record. There was even supposed to be a citywide parade for him that was that kind of got canceled due to uh, uh, bad weather. It was uh, the, the ceremony had been brought indoors, which, uh, but the city was going to come out for him uh, when he had come home. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's uh, very unfortunate uh, uh, what had happened to him, but even more so, I think, that a number of people my age and younger do not know who he was. So that's Wendell Oliver Pruitt. John Sr., is is this a name that people in your generation would have been much more familiar with? He's just been I lost so. in history. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were more in tune to the things of that age. But one, when John was mentioning uh, one of the pilots for Tuskegee, uh, Charles Anderson grew up on a farm in University City. None of the history books on University City mentioned his name. He's a gentleman who was in the plane with Eleanor Roosevelt, who had a, was a driving force in getting the Tuskegee Air, Airmen involved in the war and saying it was safe to be in a plane because she was with him. Hmm. But he's never met, he's not mentioned in any of our history books. You have to go to the Tuskegee Airmen's history to find out about Charles. He built a plane himself flew it across country using road maps. <laughs> that's that's extraordinary to, to steal yes. the word from your title. And he was a, uh, I guess you'd say, extraordinary. He, he finished at top of his class, Valley Victorian, in his high school class. He didn't go to City High because at the time it was segregated. Mm-hmm. But he, although he grew up on a farm in University City... But none of their books mention his name. It's interesting. You know, University City is, is home to a big chunk of that St. Louis Walk of Fame that, that goes down Delmar. And here's somebody who should clearly be on this. Why do you think this guy's story has been lost to the current generation? Well, it's lost to the old generation, too. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, and we teach what we've been taught. Mm-hmm. We value what we know. And if you don't know something, you don't value it. And it's our goal is to make names and individuals known so they will be valued when we talk about history. Hmm. Well, this book just does a terrific job of that. And one of the chapters that really stood out to me um, is the chapter about York. Um, this was an explorer who accompanied Lewis and Clark. And I feel like in in recent time, we've spent a lot more um, attention talking about Sacagawea and what she brought to that journey. We still don't hear much about York. John Sr., wh- why do you think that is? I think we don't know. And that's intentional. Mm-hmm. A lot of effort has gone into hiding African-Americans' contributions. 
if you look at the turn of the century, we did not talk about contributions. We degraded the African-American, made them less valued in our history, which means it's easy to sell poor information and untrue history. Hmm. And that's about a lot of ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. We don't. And it's interesting with this story of York, who was there on that expedition with Lewis and Clark, um, as you say in this book, after the expedition, he asked William Clark for his freedom. That request was denied. It's also something where we might look at William Clark differently, realizing that, that he would do that to somebody who went through that journey with him. I think that has as much to do with it as the hiding York's contributions. The behavior of Clark was shameful, absolutely disgraceful, uh, and inexcusable. And his behavior afterwards, uh, and and the last days of you know trying to cover up and say that uh, that York didn't even want to be free, hmm. that that he seemed it to have deemed it as a curse, and he would have was lost without. Uh, Without Clark's guidance, it was, you know, it it, it doesn't bear, it doesn't shine well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it doesn't shine a positive light uh, on Clark at all. It, it, it's, as I said, if you look into it, I think the reason uh, it, uh, to cover it up is much to uh, erase Clark, or, I mean, erase York as it was to uh, erase uh, Clark's behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. There's so many extraordinary people in this book, and and reading about it, it's it's a joyful experience in some ways, but it's also a very sad experience in many ways because so many of these lives took sad turns, like the turn of York we're just talking about, where he was denied his freedom. You know, I'm also thinking of this chapter with Lloyd Gaines, which I found very striking. Um, This was somebody who filed suit to be allowed to go to the University of Missouri Law School. He won the lawsuit, and then rather than let him in, they set up an alternative law school just to keep him out. And then he suffers this tragic death. I mean, this chapter, John Sr., was just, it was difficult to read because it was so tragic in every way. I went to school with his nephew. No one knows what happened to him. They have no clue of what happened to uh, Lloyd Gaines. But it, the one, those who thought it was a bad idea to have the law school, they called it a Jim Crow law school. But the instructors taught the students to be civil rights attorneys. Hmm. And Margaret Bush Wolfson, who was a graduate of Lincoln Law School, wrote the papers for the Shelley versus Kramer case for her father, who was the realtor in that case. And that was a case that changed housing all across America. It did away with race-restricted covenant. So it had a national impact. Hmm. So this is such a sad story of what happened to Lloyd Gaines. As you say, nobody knows what happened to him. He was he was in Chicago. He left the fraternity house where he was staying to buy some stamps. He disappeared. As you right. say in the book, he was he was never heard from again. And this terrible story of, of him being kept out of this law school. But as you say, there's some good that comes out of this law school that was formed just to keep him out of the <laughs> University of Missouri <laughs> Law School. John Sr., are you able to sort of see the silver lining in some of these short chapters that if you look at the the sweep of history, there's a bigger story of progress here. Oh, I think so. You know, we've come a long ways. The journey is a long journey, 
but I think we will make it. I hope we don't do like the Moors in Spain. It took them 500 years to get things worked out. Uh, we're a young country, uh, but we're becoming more diverse. I have faith in the young people. They don't have the baggage that their parents bring with them. You know, a lot of the older people have invested a lot of into racism and hatred. And then we tell them, that's all wrong. You mean to tell me my mother was wrong, my father was wrong, my minister's wrong, I moved four times to get away from people, and you tell me I did all that for nothing? I have too much invested in those feelings to give it up. Hmm. Young people don't have those vested interests. And that's where the hope comes. You feel like the younger generation can can move forward in a way that they, they are. They are. They are. John Jr., do you see that as well? You're you're a school teacher, um, so you're there with young people. I do, but I also think that if you don't know your history, you're kind of doomed to repeat it. There are a number of things that 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 come in that aren't necessarily baggage, but the way people are portrayed on screen, the way people are portrayed in music, uh, in books, uh, images are, are important. And I think that a number of negative stereotypical things, influences are still out there. And without some sort of course correction to kind of steer away from it, we're doomed to buy into into it consciously or unconsciously. I think there's a lot of unconscious bias that is in media, in Mm -hmm. books, in our music, and in the classroom uh, that, that has to be dealt with. And hopefully projects like this one uh, will kind of uh, mitigate some of the the, influ- the negative influences that are out there by shining some light and some truth on it. You know, if we, the more we know about people's contributions, the, the better off we are. Uh, I think that a number of things get buried for, uh, to pre- present a certain narrative. And it also hides a certain, as I was trying to say before with uh, Clark, it also hides uh, a lot of guilt and a lot of things, a lot of uh, negative things that that it contributed to where we're, the position that we're in now. Mm. It covers racism, you know, covers up racism and covers up ill deeds. Uh, and so that's another reason why I think things get buried. We were, uh, my father and I were talking about the case of Celia, who is in the book, mm. uh, who uh, went to so somebody who isn't talked about, but she had a prominent case for women's rights of all things back in the 1840s. Uh, the, the law had stated that no woman could be taken advantage of, regardless of her condition. Mm-hmm. whether she be a slave or whether she be free. And so when you have a 14-year-old girl who's purchased by this supposedly upright member of the community uh, who is 60, and within hours of her purchase, he begins to rape her and continuously 
sexually assaults her, leading into having her, her bearing him two children, and then he's, she's pregnant with a third when she has had enough, mm-hmm. and ask him to ask to be left alone. And she, he refused and tried to force himself on her, and she kills him. Yeah, that, that chapter is harrowing. Um, and, and she ends up being hanged for it. Right. Yes, after she, uh, she was pregnant, and they waited till after she had delivered the baby, which was stillborn, before they hung her. Otherwise, they would have tried to have executed her right away. But they delayed her execution so that they would be able to reap some benefit by having the child. So this is, again, this is some really dark history. That chapter was gripping, but it, again, it's a hard chapter to read. But you feel like that's a chapter, John Jr., that, that we have to read, that, that this is an important history for, for all of us to look at and not flinch from. I think that if you don't address it, then people say it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, the nice things that, that's going on, that I like about citizen journalists today, uh, and the uh, the Karen movement, the Karens that are getting caught. There are people that, oh, this could not possibly happen, or the police couldn't possibly respond this way, or neighbors couldn't possibly do that or the other. And, and then once the evidence is there, through cell phone reporters <laughs> of sorts, then people are forced to come to grips with it. And this book, this can have the same impact. You're forcing people to come to grips with the history of this country. I don't necessarily think it's it's trying to force people mm-hmm. to to do it, uh, but you know, I think people may, you know, may choose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it, it isn't a, so it's not forced upon, but it's there. And now here it is, this history in this book. John Sr., this has now been a project that you've worked on across a decade. What's the one thing that you'd want to um, leave the reader with um, after they're done with this, this volume, the, the new second edition? Well, I think uh, with young people, I'd like for them to see what others have done in spite of the handicap, capping condition they had to work on and live under. Dreams are possible. You just have to believe And don't let some of the obstacles that you're facing get in your way. Well, John Wright Sr., I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and and congratulations on the second edition of this book. Well, thank you for having us. And John Wright Jr., uh, thank you so much for joining us as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. And this book, again, this is Extraordinary Black Missourians, Pioneers, Leaders, Performers, Athletes, and Other Notables Who've Made History. The second edition is available now from Reedy Press. You can find a link on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.